Hi, this is Rob Silverstone, and you're listening to The Rob Silverstone Show. Today, in episode two of our podcast, we'll talk about job satisfaction. I've been thinking a lot about this topic lately. What does it take to like your job? How many of us do like our jobs? If we don't like our jobs, how do we tell, and what do we do about it? I've developed five attributes. If you find that you are satisfied on at least three of these five, chances are that you actually like your job, or at least you can tolerate it. If you're satisfied on all five attributes, you are definitely on the right track. And if you're not satisfied on most or all of these attributes, it is time for a change. First, let's talk about what those five attributes are. Attribute number one, the work. What is the work? Is it challenging? Are you learning? Do you like what you do? Is it mindless? Do others listen to you when you have ideas? Second attribute, the product. What does the company make? What service does the company provide? Can you relate to those products or services? Do you like to talk about the company to others when you are outside of work? Of course, if you do so, you are not exposing company secrets, of course. Most, if not all, companies have policies about exposing company secrets, so please be mindful. Third attribute, the people. What are your coworkers like? Do you respect your boss? Does your boss respect you? Do people report to you? If so, do they respect you? Do you respect them? You don't have to be friends with your coworkers, but you generally do have to at least get along. You all have the same goal, to improve the company, and you're all working there for the same reason, to learn, to create, and yes, to make a living. Of course, one aspect about the people part of each person's job is what does that do to your stress level? Fourth attribute, the career path. If you desire to land a higher office, is there a path to get there? Do people get promoted from within, or does the company hire from the outside mainly to fill open heads? Expect to be laid off at some point in your career. What does that do to your career goal? How do you get ahead? How do you show initiative, ask for more, talk to your boss about being promoted? What is required? What steps can you take? And finally, the fifth and certainly not the least important aspect or attribute is compensation. What is the money like? Is your job salaried, hourly? Do you get tips? Is there a bonus, etc.? How predictable and how steady is your take-home pay? How much money do you need to live? Definitely keep track. Start a diary or use software such as Quicken. How much do you spend on food, entertainment, car-related expenses, mortgage, rent, etc.? How much of your take-home pay is affected by taxes and other withholdings? How much is your take-home after all those? If you're making more than you spend, then you should be saving money. If you're making less than you spend, you need to figure out how to spend even less or how to get more money coming in. If you're ever asked the question, how much money are you looking for, either in a job interview or in a conversation about being promoted, do not give a numerical answer. Instead, answer the question with a question. What is the range for the position we are discussing? For example, let's say your current salary is $40,000 a year and you would like to be making $50,000 instead. You found a job on the outside and you're interviewing for that job. At some point, the recruiter asks you the question or even gives you an offer. Um, 
you get an offer. It's not for as much money as you would like. Is there any flexibility? You can raise the question, would it be possible to increase the offer from $47,000 to $51,000? By asking the question, is it possible, you're not saying you won't take the job if it is at, say, $47,000. You're just asking if it's possible to negotiate. And yes, we will cover negotiation in a future episode of this podcast. Over the course of your career, having slightly more in salary and or bonus can make a big difference to your lifetime earnings. Hopefully, each successive job you get along your career path is at higher and higher pay. So the better your starting point, the more money you'll get on the next job and the next job and the next job. You'll see over the span of your career how this can magnify. Another aspect of a salary offer, by the way, or a job offer, is vacation time. At some companies, vacation time is negotiable. At others, it is very strictly regimented. Of course, you could also ask if there's a 401k or other retirement savings. Uh, And by the way, you can never save enough money for retirement. Always put money aside every year just because A, you never know, and B, Social Security, when you reach Social Security eligibility age, will likely not be enough for you to maintain your current lifestyle. You will need additional money coming from retirement savings and or 401k and or other vehicles such as pensions for those of you who are still eligible for pensions. Then, of course, you may actually be able to afford to retire once you get to retirement age. By the way, when you're born, your life expectancy, generally in the United States, is that you will live into your, your early 80s. However, once you reach age 65, which is considered the quote-unquote normal retirement age, though some people retire at earlier or later ages, including into their 70s, You need to figure out how much money you will need to live in retirement. Uh, That's why it's so important to save far in advance when you're young is when you should start because the money will magnify. Another side point about this is you have a choice when you start a retirement savings account of having a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. What are the differences? A traditional IRA, you get a tax deduction for putting money into the account up to an annual limit. Uh, When you withdraw money starting as early as age 59 and a half or as late as age 70 and a half and for the rest of your life, you will pay income tax on what you withdraw at regular income tax rates based on your annual earnings at the point at which you're taking money out. Uh, A Roth IRA, on the other hand, is an after-tax investment. There is no tax benefit to putting money in a Roth IRA now. However, as the money grows over the years, there's also no tax on the growth in your money as long as you take money out once you start at retirement age. Uh, So the Roth IRA can be a great way of saving money and not having to pay future taxes on it, while as a traditional IRA is a great way to save money and get a tax deduction up front. Is one better than the other? Not necessarily. It really depends on your financial situation, what your current tax bracket is, and what your tax bracket is expected to be when you're withdrawing money from your IRA in retirement. Uh, For more information, it definitely may be a good idea to talk to a financial advisor before deciding whether to put money into a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. And uh, for those who have children or are planning to have children, a great way to save for college or graduate school is with a 529 plan. 529 is the number of the bill that was passed by Congress uh, several decades ago 
to create a favored way for people to save money toward college expenses. And for those of you who have been to college or have at least looked at college websites, college is expensive. So start a 529 play 529 plan for your kids as soon as you are able to do so. In some states, you may also get a state income tax incentive for putting money into that state's preferred 529 plan, but there is no federal tax incentive currently to save toward college. However, it is still a good idea to do so. As you put money into a 529 plan, you can choose how that money is invested. If your kid won't be going to college for 10 or 15 years or more, it may be best to put the money into a stock-based uh, choice as opposed to a bond-based choice, just because stocks, though they have more risk of going up and down, over the long run tend to go up by more. Uh, that said, when you take money out of the 529 plan to pay for college, provided the money is going to a qualified educational institution, there is no tax on the earnings in your 529 plan. This is a great way to save for college where you can get market returns and not pay taxes on those returns as long as the money is going towards that college education. By the way, you can change beneficiaries over time if there's too much money in your account or your kid decides not to complete college. You can change, designate a separate beneficiary for the remaining funds. It could be another kid. It could be a grandkid. It could be a niece or nephew. Uh, it could even be yourself if you take classes at a qualified institution toward a qualified degree. Uh, taking a fun course in underwater basket weaving is not something that a 529 plan uh, is able to cover. So look at the five attributes we just discussed. Uh, again, I will reiterate those. Uh, work, the product of your company, the people, your career path, and your compensation. If you find a job in which you are satisfied with all five, that is a home run. You are good to go with that job. If you find one where you're satisfied on three or four points, that's still very good and very strong, and this is a job you should most likely cherish. If, on the other hand, you only are satisfied on one or two attributes, if you don't see a path to getting satisfaction on at least one or two others of those attributes, you may want to consider looking for another job. If you do consider looking for another job, talk to people. Figure out where you might want to work. Do practice interviews with your friends before you do real interviews with potential recruiters or employers. Research the companies you're looking into to find out more about them. Do people generally have good things to say about those companies online? Does the company work in an industry where you could take pride in the product or you've heard good things about the company? You'll be amazed based on the decisions that you make in life, what path you end up on. And though you can't always tell at the time, when you look back 10 or 20 or 30 years later, it's, it's quite remarkable about the choices you made based on what you knew at the time and where you have now ended up. Uh, I think it was Ben Franklin who once said that it is only an insult if you let it be. I would modify that to say, like, life will make you happy if you let it do so. Many people are hung up on the negatives of life, the negatives of working, the negatives of relatives, the negatives of their home lives. Even poor people who have much more to complain about than the rest of us uh, many of them find happiness not because they're poor, but because of certain things in their life that they cherish that make them happy. I'd advise you also, if you're not a happy person, earning more money or accumulating more wealth will not make you happy. The old saying, money does not buy happiness. It definitely does not. Money helps you buy things, but things can also complicate your life. 
aspire not to become wealthy, but aspire instead to have a life well-lived, a life in which you can find satisfaction. If teaching your kid how to play baseball or cards or showing your mother how to do, make things easier as she finds difficulty with certain things, if those are what make you happy, then that's what you should do in your spare time. If you can find a profession that will make you happy, all the more so, do so. Uh, sometimes that means changing companies and changing jobs um, to find out what makes you happy because you may not already always know what makes you happy. Now, if you're interviewing for another job, as we said, consider the five attributes and never switch jobs only for money. Um, if the other attributes fail to make the cut and you only have more money, you will quickly become miserable or, or find that new job to be intolerable. So make sure that you can find a job at a company where you'd like the, your coworkers. Again, you don't have to be friends with them, but you just have to get along, that you can take pride in the product, uh, that it's a company that you could see yourself working for for the long term. Uh, keep in mind, there are always ways to retrain yourself or to improve your skills before you jump jobs or before you jump careers. So go online, take online classes or follow YouTube lessons on things that you don't have skills on now that you'd like to build skills. That might mean new software. That might mean how to deal with difficult situations. That might mean how to make better decisions in life. Um, there's lots and lots of help out there that's available. Most of it is actually free. Um, and so look into these because it could be great ways for you to improve your lot before you switch jobs. Now, one other important aspect uh, of living, uh, do you spend more money than you make? If so, you need to make a change. You, you will exhaust your savings. You will burn through money. Uh, you will be miserable uh, if you spend more than you make. So figure out how you, if you're making a salary, how you can economize um, so that you spend less. If you're not currently making a salary and you have no source of income, start to strategize about how you can build income, whether it's through a part-time job or a hobby that you can convert into a paid hobby uh, or some other aspect for you, in which you can somehow monetize what you're doing. Uh, we all need money to live, to pay the rent, to buy food, to pay for gas and electricity and all that. If you have a car, to pay for your car. So it's important to make sure you have enough co money coming in to cover the things that you need in life. Not the things you want, but the things that you need. Uh, make sure you understand the difference, by the way, between needs and wants. Uh, if, if your needs are not being satisfied, all the wanting in the world is not really going to help you very much. You need to cover your needs first, as has been said. Uh, if you do make more money than you spend, that's great. Save your money. Um, you'll need it for later in life. You'll need it for big emergencies. You'll need it to fund future family events. If you have kids and you know you're going to have to pay for a kid's wedding in five or 10 years and you need to save money for that, you might not have it on hand at the time. Uh, as I already said, if you have kids and you plan to send them to college and beyond, save money for them in a 529 plan. Uh, that's the best way you can do that. You may need to may need or want to take vacations down the road, and vacations are usually quite expensive. So you may need to save up for a year or two in order to take a vacation. That does not mean you should take an expensive vacation every year, of course. Vacations are important memories in life, and when you bring your family along, it becomes a better bonding experience. And often, if you have kids, you take your kids on vacation, something they'll remember for the rest of their lives. So I would advise taking vacations every other year to do a quality vacation as opposed to taking vacations every year just for the heck of it. 
And by the way, driving to the beach for a week or to the mountains uh, to enjoy the winter weather for a week does qualify as a vacation. Okay, another thing in life, avoid credit card debt. I didn't say don't use credit cards. It's okay to use credit cards, but only spend on your credit card what you know you can afford to pay off at the end of the month when you get the bill. Why should you avoid credit card debt? Well, most credit cards charge an interest rate on that debt of anywhere from 18 to 25% or higher. That's crazy. Uh, if you look around for a personal loan, say for a mortgage or to buy a car, uh, the interest rates on those are a fraction of what credit card interest is. Uh, credit card interest is easy to incur and hard to pay back. And if you're paying a credit card interest at a rate of, say, 18% or more, you might end up paying more in interest than the item originally cost. That's not how you want to spend your money. So definitely avoid credit card debt. If you do need to borrow money, say you want to buy a house or buy a car uh, or pay for your kid's college and you don't have enough money saved up for it, which would be most people, uh, borrow money, but borrow money in a way that's, that makes economic sense. If you're looking to buy a house, you probably have to borrow money. That's called a mortgage. Mortgage rates are relatively low because the bank has recourse. If you can't afford to pay, the bank can take your house away. Uh, obviously, there are legal issues to that, and that can take a while, but the bank will give you a lower interest rate because it does have recourse. Um, if you need to buy a car, similarly, and you can't afford to right now, and you need to borrow, it's a car loan, same thing. The finance company can seize your car if you don't make the loan payments. So be aware of that and don't get into a lending situation where you can't afford to pay even the monthly payments back. That will not turn out well. Uh, finally, uh, you want to minimize debt throughout life. Hopefully a mortgage, if you get one, is the biggest debt you'll have, and eventually you want to pay off that mortgage. You don't want to keep rolling it over and paying interest forever. You want to pay down both the interest and the principal over a period of time. For most people, mortgages are loans that are paid back over 20 or 30 years. We will talk in a future episode about some financial strategies and how to shorten some of those mortgage loan payout periods, by the way. Uh, most people do not become debt-free until they're in their 50s or their 60s at the earliest, uh, and that's just about the point where they're starting to make serious moves to retire. Now, that's okay, but as I said before, it's important for you to save toward retirement all along. You can start to save for retirement at age 55 or 60, but you won't be able to accumulate as much money in a retirement account as if you start when you're in your 20s. Uh, the miracle of compound interest or compound investment gains is such that it cannot be ignored. Anyway, that's our lesson for today. Thank you for listening to me, Rob Silverstone, at The Rob Silverstone Show. Please send emails with questions or ideas for future episodes to me at rob at therobsilverstoneshow.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. Have a great day. Have a great day.